0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. It is a beautiful Friday evening for me in the U.S. here, and we are going to be talking about Boink. I forgot to say what time it is. It's 5 p.m. We get together every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Boink Network Radio, nope, Boink Network Discord server, where everyone's welcome to join for the conversation. Today we're going to be talking about Boink stats, and of course we got some cool Boink news coming at you. But first, let me introduce you to this interesting fella down here who who grows lots of fruits in his mysterious country that, that, that definitely exists. Delta.
1: <laughs> yes, and I'm here from Australia, and it's not 5 p.m., it's 7 in the morning. And uh, I have some brand new tea today, Jeringa. What do
0: you got? Is this still okay, more of your k A- before,
1: before we continue, I'll have to ask you, have you ever mixed orange juice and milk?
0: Guff. Oh, <laughs> what did you just say to me? <laughs>
1: okay, okay. I feel nauseous. Listen, listen closely. Okay, I. This is the last. Mo- this is the last unique packet of tea that I bought from T Two. Don't tell me it's orange milk. It is called orange, uh, picoi or pico. I don't know how You're to. pronounce that. just
0: making up words again. I feel better already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay it's orange pico and uh it's actually if you smell it it smells like orange and i was thinking that if i put this in tea it's gonna it's gonna taste like an orange but if no it, it tastes doesn't it's like milk i'm leaving <laughs> i mix this stuff with milk and it tastes great it does not have any taste of orange in it but it smells like oranges
0: <laughs> no orange cream soda i agree is delicious creamsicles are delicious but just mixing orange juice and milk what is that
1: okay uh, it takes us to the actual tropical island of sri lanka uh, with a discerning choice of long twisted leaves from the sri lankan estates uh, produce Um, it creates a medium-bodied bright copper infusion and a versatile staple that's perfect for all day drinking and they actually recommend that you mix it with a dash of milk
0: (laughs) Sorry, I can't help I tried for so long not to laugh because I read ra- <laughs> Random Daz's comment who oh, says that a pup once gave me Bailey's <laughs> a pup once gave me Bailey's and Coke in one glass <laughs> I wanted them as separate one for me and one for another person <laughs> Oh, that's so I'm uh, that's tragic I am so sorry, man I, I can't I, believe I, that I, happened yeah. to you <laughs> <laughs> but i could totally see that happening can i have a baileys and coke bartender's just like what i mean okay but what <laughs> oh but your tea sounds magnificent delta uh uh. i think i might be crying <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the first time you've cried live on boink radio
0: <laughs> baileys and coke uh. Okay, <laughs> like what bartender would do that? Who in the right mind would do that? It's like orange juice and milk. Huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, you might have already said this, but I was probably like giving myself an aneurysm, trying not to laugh. What does it actually taste like? If it smells like oranges.
1: It, it literally just tastes like black tea. Do you want, if you, do you want to hear the ingredients so you can get an idea of what it's like? Yeah. Black tea, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, I've been conned out of this stuff. <laughs>
0: Wow. Oh, he's in London, too? Well, that's so sad. Oh, man, what an exciting intro. Should we get into the Boink stop?
1: Let's go. So,
0: first, on the news, there's a new Boink tra- project called Bailey's at Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not true, but man, there should be. It it tries to figure out all the delicious drink combinations. If it's uh, that bad,
1: you should make a drinking game out of it. <laughs>
0: No, he did mention he threw up from it. That is a, definitely a
1: drink that would make you puke. That's just sour milk. Also, random des, I'm a one-man stimulus package here. I'm buying all the black tea, no matter what it tastes like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, coming out of Boink, we got some Boink news. And that Boink news is coming out of Willow Community Grid. What? Where'd that come from? Who would have thought? Uh, let's see, we got a September update from Smash Childhood Cancer. It's back! It's back, baby! After a beta test earlier this month, they've resumed work on the uh, just general world community grid project. So you can now crunch work units for the Smash Childhood Cancer Project. Uh, this project is trying to find new uh, 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 proteins and uh, molecules that play key roles in certain childhood cancers. Once you find those proteins and molecules, you can work to develop drug candidates that will target those proteins and molecules. They are doing this because there have only been a handful of new um, treatments essentially for cancer, for childhood cancer, over the past 20 years. So um, they say here that half of all the chemotherapy treatments used for children with cancer have been in existence for 25 years or longer. That's a long ass time. I think there's some improvements to be made and uh, this World Community Project, World Community Grid project, is working on them. So that's really cool. Uh, for this round, they are focusing on a gene called. It is the most creative gene name I have ever heard. EWSR1. This gene is significant in the development of Ewing sarcoma, a rare childhood cancer that usually begins in a bone, in the soft tissue around the bone, and can spread to the lungs or to other bones. Um, the project resumed on September 22nd with 143 batches of work units. So crunch away on World Community Grid if you want to smash childhood cancer.
1: Delta, what'd you bring? Uh, I brought some more World Community Grid updates. Uh, just Woo! a quick one from Open Pandemics. You've probably heard that they're running, uh, they're programming their GPU software so that you can start running Open Pandemics on your GPU. They've provided us with a little bit of an update here. The researchers have been making leaps and bounds on the software and they have submitted it to IBM, uh, which is the parent company that runs World Community Grid, and they have submitted it to IBM for a source code review and a security review. So it's going to be safe, secure, and efficient.
0: Awesome. That's going to mean that we're going to be able to work on that COVID thing a whole bunch faster. We're just yep, having a whole discussion. Really soon. Yeah, we are having a discussion in another uh, Blink-related community uh, not in, more than an hour ago about how we could get uh, these COVID projects even more computation power. It's pretty interesting. GPUs is one of those ways. All right, I've got another update coming from, if you guessed it, World Community Grid. Uh, it's coming from their Mapping Cancer Markers project. Uh, it currently has a healthy backlog of work and it is asking for your help to get through the backlog, so uh, mapping cancer markers, markers uh, is looking to identify the markers associated with different types of cancer. Uh, these markers are um, basically things that on a cell that tell you if it is cancerous or not. Um, and it you can use this data to uh, find different outcomes or different responsiveness and to development specific treatments for a patient. So some work in the past worked on lung cancer markers and has been given to some of the project's colleagues uh, to sort of sift through the end results of that project. And that process is ongoing. It could take a lot more time. And they are now beta testing new sarcoma work units. So once they're done with those and the beta test, they'll get to your computer. But as as we're saying here at the beginning, they've got a lot of backlog. They have 844 batches ready for download, 889 in progress. That's over 7 million work units. They have completed over 65,000 batches at an average of 25 batches per day. And that backlog of 844 batches is 33 days long. So uh, go ahead and throw your world community grid process saying, geez, why is that project hard to say today? Uh, behind mapping cancer markers and find those markers
1: we do not advocate for the throwing of your computer and we are not liable for your losses
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you might not i'm still not liable for the losses but i do advocate for throwing computers (laughs) nah out windows when they break just push that thing out a window
1: no, you have to recycle it. Put it in the e-waste recycler.
0: Well, then you go down and you pick up the pieces. You gotta put the, the GPU and the GPU recycler, the CPU the CPU <laughs> recycler, and you gotta get all that the, the CPU paste out of there. Come on, man. I'm just trying I to just, help. I
1: just turned the CPU into a keychain.
0: Hmm. <laughs> that is at home recycling. What if it turns out that uh CPUs are actually radioactive and uh give everyone 5G?
1: Then we're all screwed, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: <laughs> Yeah, I wish something gave me 5G as well. <laughs> uh, so, what else? What else? Do you have any more news?
1: Yes, I do. There is a small update from PrimeGrid. Their 321 sieve is being suspended. So the 321 sieve, uh, one of their little sub projects uh, that they got there, for finding Prime Numbers, it's going to be suspended. I don't know why. Um... But if you want to, uh, as they're saying, if you want to get your badges, um, go on now and crunch as fast as you can because it's not going to be there after it gets shut down. Badges
0: here! Got your badges! (laughs) I was going to sting it, but then I I thought against it. (laughs) uh, That was still good. (laughs) If you want more information on this, I would recommend jumping onto the Prime Grid Discord server. Uh, They have a great uh, community over there, very active, uh, talking all about their rigs and prime numbers, doing great stuff for Boink. Shout out to the Prime Grid community. You can also find them on Twitter at Prime Grid, and you can find World Community Gridder. I can't do it.
1: World, World Community, community Gridder.
0: <laughs> you can find that World Community Gridder on Twitter at at W C Grid. Uh, moving on, next item of news is coming from Rosetta at home. Uh, that uh, project also working on COVID-19 through protein folding and doing a fairly decent job with the uh, science communication on getting uh, the work out there. And this is actually an update on coming from their um, project head, David Baker, um, talking about the project and is essentially a thank you to all the crunchers. Uh, It is a really great thing to see from project heads doing this sort of stuff. Uh, We will put the link to this video uh, in the description below, check it out. It's only like a minute and a half. Uh, it, it kind of breaks down a little bit of the science behind it, but it, it is also just a very heartwarming thank you. So, no, thank you, David Baker, for putting together Rosetta at home and the uh, protein of the protein of Institute Design, <laughs> the Institute of Protein Design. Uh, yes, call Me Foxy is saying uh, hearing thank you or some actual results from our crunching is big heart emoji. I agree projects could take a uh, note here from Mr. Baker doing this. Uh, I will point out also that uh, World Community Grid does put out a lot of video updates. uh, So many that we don't highlight them when they come out. (laughs) The World Community Grid also does it uh, often. Um, Oh, interesting. Joey Buddy says Rosetta hasn't sent out work units for COVID since June. Paper's being published, but don't bother crunching them if your intent is to crunch COVID tasks. I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate. Uh but we'll look into it. Um what else? Oh, there is uh Rosetta at home also got a shout out from uh the publication It's Foss. Foss stands for free and open source
1: software. Uh free is, free is in freedom, not freeze and beer.
0: This is true, but you can spell frost with two Fs and then it's free beer, free freedom, open source <laughs> software. Nope, not working. <laughs> now, Foss is what Boink is. Boink is a free, a set of free and open source software. Meaning that anyone can. There's a whole philosophy behind it, but essentially, anyone can uh, read the code, uh, manipulate it to fit their needs, uh, and really see what's going on in the back. And they guide the user, guides the software. The software does not guide the user, or if it does, it is very obvious when it does uh an example of not false software that guides the user and does not make it obvious is something like the youtube algorithm or windows thank you
1: (laughs) i'm a i'm a i'm a windows lover i hate it
0: (laughs) yeah well it did the whole proprietary thing for 30 years and kind of set us back a century but um right this article to bring the spirits back Back up, happy place, Delta, happy place. Yes, let's go. <laughs> this, uh, this article from its foss is highlighting Rosetta at home and how you can use it to fight against COVID nineteen with Linux in particular. Linux being the mecca of foss projects, although ironically funded by some of the most anti-foss institutions out there. But that's a whole nother story. Um, yeah, check it out. Link will be in the description in the uh,
1: below. Yeah, cool. Is that all the news? I have one more quick one. Uh, this one's from ReckenCraft for RNA World. RNA World published a little article, and it's been uh, included in a Labor Journal online. It is unfortunately only in German, uh, but if you want to use Google Translate or you can read German, uh, you can go and check out the article. Uh, it's been. Just, yeah, just published around, got a bit of media attention for RNA World. What is RNA World? You find that out next week on the Project Brief.
0: <laughs> Woo, just coming back with a new project. Let's go. This oh, is actually yeah. the first time I ever heard this project. Uh, last bit of news here. Uh, I forgot to mention this last week, but the Virtual Boink Workshop is still very much underway. Uh, underway. Organization is underway. Uh, and we've got a good group of people uh, ready to go. We had our first meeting. Uh, It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of people with a lot of different experiences and backgrounds that we're just jamming together. And we're going to get this thing all organized. Uh, We're about to break out into production teams in the coming weeks. So you are still capable of helping organize if you so choose. Just go to boinkworkshop.org. That's boinkworkshop.org. And uh, choose a production team, click the link, fill out the form, send it, it, it'll send it to me, and I'll get in touch with you uh, personally. So uh, do 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 that, because it looks like- I don't
1: think you want to do any touching because it's not COVID safe.
0: As someone who has to go get a COVID (laughs) test later today, I totally understand.
1: Ooh, yeah, don't get touched by J. Ringo.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I have it, but it's been a rough week, I'll tell you that. So, (laughs) all right, so that's it for the news. Delta, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, we are going to talk about some Boink statistics. So, the great thing about Boink is that we have credits, and even though the credits are worthless, they still get tracked. And we are going to be learning today how we can see our statistics, see other statistics, uh, and know what exactly these statistics mean. Cool. So, uh, the main site that most people use for Boink Stats, and there's a few of them, but the one that I personally use a lot is Boink Stats. It's at boinkstats.com, and uh, it has a lot of graphs and stuff, and it has a lot of um, numbers too. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs>
0: You've got the vid, dude. I knew we shouldn't have I I felt bad. I transmitted it through the microphone.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) Stats is an amazing project. There's lots. uh, You can find all the teams up there as well, not just stats, but all the teams uh, and the stats to those teams, of course. Uh, There's a lot of uh, stats on individuals and and specific projects as well. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, for example, uh, if you go into Boink Stats and you click on Active Projects, you'll find all the active projects that you could probably think of or know about. And uh, also at the top, you'll find that it has uh, two similar-looking projects. There's one called Boink Combined and one called Boink Combined without ASIC or ASIC. Now these two are a bit important. So the Boink Combined is all pro all Boink projects that have ever existed and all their credit accumulated, uh, all into one really nice sort of panel-looking thing so you can go and see exactly what's happening. And then the point combined with that ASIC is all of the point projects except for the ones that used ASIC computers. So ASIC stands for Application-Specific Integrated Circuit, which is just a fancy name for a very special computer used for only one or a few particular tasks. And uh, for those of you that are curious about why we have separated this, it's because there was a project that was out ages ago when Bitcoin was getting all popular, uh, called Bitcoin Utopia, and uh, people were actually mining Bitcoin using Boink, which was pretty surprising. And uh, because that flooded the whole stats with uh, with a whole bunch of credits, it really sort of made the rest of the Boink computations look really insignificant. So uh, to get rid of that sort of influential biased data point, we've separated into Boink combined and Boink without ASIC. Now, uh, when you click on BOINC combined or BOINC combined without uh, ASIC, you'll find that uh, you have total credits, recent average credits, users, active users, hosts, teams, all these crazy numbers. So just to go through them real quickly, total credit, that's all the credit that anyone and everyone has ever accumulated on all of the BOINC projects and all summed up into one big value. Right now, that's at, uh, what is that? That's million, billion, trillion? Yeah, 9.8 trillion total credits. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's what total credits are. Recent average credits, I think we've talked about this before, recent average credits, it's the amount of credits that you get on average throughout a particular uh, number of days. And currently, for all the projects, that's sitting at 5.1 billion recent average credits. And then what that does is you can translate that to an average sort of estimated value, this isn't the real value, and I think we've talked about it before in a previous episode. On how many actual computations that is per second, and so on average, or and it's estimated that uh, currently Boink is running at uh, twenty-five thousand eight hundred teraflops. So that's one thousand billion. Hold on, that's twenty-five thousand. Thousand billion calculations per second <laughs> or 25 petaflops. <laughs> that number means more. <laughs> so, yeah, it's things yeah, now. 25,000 billion com- computations per second. Just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> That's a lot of computations per second. Uh, and then uh, you'll have below that users, active users, hosts, active hosts, teams, and active teams. So a user is just simply a person. It's your account on Boink. It's what you use to log into all the Boink sites. A host is an actual computer. And a team is just a group of people that join up to try and crunch and compete against each other. Now, the difference between just normal users and then active users or normal hosts and active hosts is whether they have whether whether they have recent average credit. And if they do and they have a significant amount of it, not like huge amounts, but just enough to be active, then they're considered active. Now, BoinkStats also has some really interesting graphs as well. And I remember talking about uh, how many users actually joined Boink when the coronavirus pandemic started. And uh, taking a look at the graph now, it looks like we're actually continuing to gather more users. So the total number of hosts uh, in the last 60 days, BoinkStats tracks, uh, we went from, uh, nine hundred and sixty-two thousand hosts to almost one point one million hosts over the last sixty days. And just looking at the graph here over the last sixty days, we had a big sort of jump, and then we dipped a little bit, and now we're back up. And uh, I think that might be due to some of the popular stuff that's coming out. We had, uh, as we talked about in the news, we had Rosetta talking about some of their results. We had. Um, we had uh, RNA World being communicated in uh, a German publication. We've had a lot of uh, really popular stuff coming out. So we, we've we had a pretty big climb in users over the last couple of days. And uh, talking about that in terms of active hosts, because we just talked about the total hosts, currently we have around uh, 864,000 active hosts. So these are the active computers that are currently crunching on Boink.
0: There's a lot of computers. So that includes uh, computers, phones... That's about it,
1: right? Yes, so any any computer that can connect to Boink, it can be your normal PC computer at home, it could be a laptop, it could be your phone, it could be a Raspberry Pi, not a real Raspberry Pi, the computer Raspberry Pi. <laughs> um, yeah, anything that can connect to Boink and say, hey, look, I'm a computer, I want to crunch some of your work, that's a host. Cool. Now, uh, there's also some statistics that aren't tracked on Boink Stats, and these are the ones that have to do with the actual server and work units and actual performance of the project. And so the best example I have here is from a little project uh, called Munin. Uh, it's spelled M-U-N-I-N dot Kiska, which is K-I-S-K-A dot P-W. It's a little website, and it tracks a lot of projects, and how many work units they release, and how many get used and run, and how many are currently ready to send, how many are in the Transitioner, and all sorts of crazy stuff. So let's talk about this a bit. <clears throat> so right now I've got the Rosetta at Home graphs open for the yearly yearly time on, on Munin. And the top graph called Rosetta Results has uh, a pretty like pretty interesting graph. So it starts out from October um, last year through to January, and then as it comes through to March, there is a huge spike in in-progress in tasks. We went from 0.4 million, so 400,000 currently running tasks, so that's tasks that have been sent out to a computer and they're crunching on the computer at the moment, to 1.6 million in about half a month. So Wow. That is quite spectacular. And uh, it had a big boom. <laughs> and now it's sort of petering off a little bit. Uh, and if we take that as the next trend, because it has produced a little bit of a straight line here, if you go into Munin and check out the yearly results, it went from an average of 400,000 work units in progress and uh, crunching on computers to around uh, what's that? 700,000 work units currently in progress on average as the next trend now to interpret this graph a little bit better there are two lines on the graph you'll notice that there's a blue line and also a green line the green line is the ready to send work units so what this means is and how projects work uh, is a project will have work units it stores the work units ready to send to crunches so that they can crunch on those work units. And uh, as more crunches come on, they'll have to send out more of those stored work units. And so to prevent the issue of the project running out of work, the project will stockpile work units. And the more work units it stockpiles, the less issue it has with running out of work units. And the less units uh, it's it stockpiles, the more of an issue it has with running out of work units. And each project does it differently. So in the case of Rosetta, they have a constant max Upper limit to the amount that can be ready to send. So they have a maximum height of their stockpile, and uh, they send it out on demand and generate new work units on demand to feed that stockpile. Each project does it differently, and some of them actually just stockpile indefinitely or stockpile as much work units as they can so that they don't have to make them on demand and send them out. All right, what else we got?
0: We can talk about, oh, you still got? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, just a quick one. All right, and another graph here that's also a little bit important uh, is the work units graph. So uh, there's different ways that work units can be sort of manipulated. So once a work unit is completed by a cruncher, uh, it'll get sent back to the project. And when it's in the project, the project then needs to choose whether or not to validate it. And most projects do validate it. And we've talked about validation on here a number of times. And all it means is just basically two different computers have to complete the same work to verify that they're both the same. And so this work units chart has a lot of different things. It has validation, assimilation, deletion, and result deletion. And uh, the most important one is pretty much the validation. So if you see that a project has a lot of tasks waiting for validation, it could mean that there's not a lot of people crunching the project, because the more people that crunch the project, the more people that can repeat those tasks at least once and go and validate those tasks. And uh, when the tasks get validated, they get results. And uh, then they're flagged for deletion where needed. Some projects don't delete the result work in it. Some projects do. Um, but yeah, the other ones are not very important for the user side, they're more important for the server side. Uh, we have a question in the chat from Sackpop. Why would projects not just stockpile indefinitely? Uh, that's like asking, uh, why wouldn't you just download every single image on the internet? <laughs> You'll run out of space. The projects have uh, a server, the server has resources, and if you take up all the resources on the server, you take away resources from the most important stuff and that's doing science. So.
0: And and on top of that, um, there's a uh, work units like the project's supposed to end, right? They have end objectives, unless you're running like a simulation work or project. And so you send out batches, you get the results back, you you figure out what you want to do for the next batch. Do you want to change the application? Do you want to change what you're doing a little bit? Do you want to tweak it to make it a little more efficient? Because at the end of the day, it's just a set of computer code that can be made better almost always. So you'll you'll send out a bunch, get them back look at it analyze it again and then send maybe tweak it and send another one or maybe not even tweak it and send it out or maybe you need um new baseline data to feed in to create work units that you need to crunch like there's there's only 100 work units you have with the data you're you're inputting so uh yeah the mlc or bag of mostly water who runs the point project mlc at home uh says it depends some tasks are just entered into the database, uh some of independent data sets to crunch for each work unit.
1: Uh yeah, and it's interesting yeah. because different as you said, different projects have different requirements. So for example, with Prime Grid, literally all a work unit is is just saying, oh, just check if uh two hundred thousand four hundred and fifty three to the power of eight hundred and five million four hundred and eighty six thousand three hundred and forty five plus one is a prime. And so you can stockpile a lot of them if you want, but there's really no point because as soon as someone requests a worker, you can just say, "Ah, oh, just check that number. Um, whereas other projects such as Rosetta at Home or maybe some of the protein projects uh, have data that you have to crunch through or like a model of some sort, that a random model or something that gets created or maybe some existing data from a lab that needs to get analyzed. And that needs to be collected, that needs to then be stored, that then needs to be maybe manipulated, randomized, so that computers can crunch different things, might need to be chopped up. So often projects with big data sets and that need to be chopped up usually have a bigger ready-to-send uh, backlog. So uh, they can get ready to, to send off the work units because it'll take a long time to get more work units. And exactly as you said, Jaringo, some projects just end like some projects have a maximum number of work units that you can create before the project is complete so it really depends on the on the project
0: yeah it's an interesting thought though and it's interesting data like i love that there's just so much access to data with boink with everything it does from the the crunch to being able to see the the server side of stuff uh to to tracking the number of uh, users on and off. Like, this is, like, we were saying earlier, an open source project. People just built these tools. Like, this isn't like uh, uh, run by a company that's like, oh, we need to track these metrics so we can go out and optimize our marketing solutions to reach the proper vertical. It's like, no, someone just was interested in the stats of the Boink network. So they built Boink Stats, and it's an incredibly useful tool.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just found my old, um, I took a screenshot, I took a picture, and I'll also post it here just now.
0: Yeah, Sackpac, when you're posting this, SACPOC says, so how much of an issue is stockpiling for challenges like the pentathlon? It's an issue. It's very impolite to stockpile work units. Uh, <laughs> you're just keeping them from getting done so you can get uh, a, a badge, essentially.
1: Yeah, so uh, what Sackpops was talking about there, uh, often we have challenges with Boink. So you'll have an organization like Wreckingcraft or World Community Grid or something starting a challenge and saying, okay, let's all crunch um, Rosetta at home as much as we can. And what will happen is that project will then be flooded with new users and flooded with hosts and then flooded with hosts wanting tasks. And it might overwhelm the server and cause their, the amount of work units ready to send to drop significantly and sometimes even to zero so that when you try and request new work, you don't get it. Um, it, it does... Become a problem in certain projects, others not. As I said, probably a project like Prime Grid would not get affected as much because it literally just has to generate a random number or the next number in the sequence in order to generate some new work. But for other projects like Rosetta at Home or uh, GPU Grid, actually often runs out of work units. Um, they, they might have a much harder time handling those sorts of events.
0: Yeah, and uh, MLC at home apparently is a very good example of when stockpiling, which is just having a work unit on your computer not being crunched, but in the queue, um, how stockpiling hurts projects. So uh, bag of mostly water says for MLC, we create one work unit. And then if someone asks for a work unit after that, if the result of the first work unit is not complete, they just generate another work unit to continue the computation so one task might take multiple work units that are generated on the fly so if uh people are stockpiling or bunkering work units uh basically for mlc they're just crunching the same thing over and over and over and over again and then they're all going to send back results for the same task essentially uh when they're done and the project barely moved forward so
1: and uh, I found a uh, chart that I that I saved a little while ago from Boink Stats, and it shows the uh, impact of the coronavirus on the user numbers of Boink. And uh, from literally the start of February to the end of March, uh, Boink gained more than thirty thousand users. In that chart, it looks almost exponential, and I just thought that was a phenomenal thing that. Uh, I came across uh, from the coronavirus. Yeah, It's
0: only going to double when the burnt Workshop happens, oh man! Hell yeah. <laughs> um, other thoughts on these stats? I got none. It's just a cool thing. I like that they exist. Thank you everyone who runs stats websites, whichever website it is. Um, you are very much appreciated.
1: Alright, let's see who are the best users. <laughs> Let me just get it up. Oh, also, we need to do Rig of the Week. Everyone post your rigs. <laughs>
0: Blimey! Can't believe. All
1: right, let's have a little bit fun. A little bit of fun now. So uh, let's take a look at some of the top users of uh, Boink, and uh, these are the actual people who have accounts on on Boink projects and have accumulated the most credits ever. So uh, first of all, in number one place, we have Jack Hiker. No idea who he is. That's his username. Uh, his total credit tops, what's that, that's uh, 192 billion credits. Yep. Uh, and he, or well, they, are currently making uh, approximately 174 million credits per day.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of credits.
1: Uh, number two and number three are from uh, the Gridcoin project. It is GRC pool three and two. So that's associated with Gridcoin. Those are the those are ranks two and three. And then number four is Ian. How's it going, Ian? <laughs> it was what? Ian. <laughs> oh. Good job again. Good job, Ian.
0: <clears throat> it must be Boink right. Farms the size of Texas. There we go. We'll close out on uh this thought here. Uh so uh, Sackpop says that must be uh Boink Farms the size of Texas. So what what is a boink farm? And who are these people? So I said earlier, it's like the the hosts are either computers or they're mobile phones. Uh, but Boink Farms, uh, someone said in a uh, in the discussion in a different community earlier that uh, that community is the reason that they just decided to go out and start buying hardware specifically for Boink. That's really cool. People do this. They this is like a, a hobby, a very intense hobby. Um, I know someone who has been crunching since 1999 and he just has rigs of uh, just computers, just, he has a boink farm, just computer set up that have been running essentially continuously, you know, he swaps in hardware since 1999 doing boink. That's really, really cool stuff. So we can also count on um, companies having hardware in here. So, Maybe a company like IBM, who has World Community Grid, pre-installs Boink on their uh, employee's hardware and has that hardware run Boink when it's online. Uh, That's a lot of computation power, if you think about the number of employees with employee laptops. Uh, Maybe you have universities. I know we have uh, Secpop. Is it you from the University of Scotland who hooked up uh, the computer lab to Boink? Um, No, not you. Oh, it it was Haggis. It was Crunchy Haggis. Um, who' hooked up uh, a a university's computer lab to Boink. So it's an entire networked room on Boink. that's a lot of computation power. Imagine if we could grow that even more uh, and crunch just it and just get these numbers so high because we've got like every public library shout out to all the libraries out there, keep it up the good work. Um, crunch and Boink. we've got all like those those giant towers. In cities that just basically house chairs and computers for half the day running boink. I don't know what we can do with the chairs, but we'll figure out something. Um Is it chairs at home. <laughs> no, chairs at the office. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what these uh numbers could be tallying. Uh there's so much oh man, people are putting in um pictures of essentially boink farms. Someone built a supercomputer with 1,060 Raspberry Pis. That's really cool. Um, they're also called clusters, et cetera. So we can, as a network, as the Boink network, we can incorporate other networks into our computational network. We can incorporate clusters. We can incorporate home computers. We can incorporate work computers. We can incorporate hobbyist uh little arm chips like pies we can uh incorporate mobile phones we can we can incorporate everything so that those are the people who are making up these stats and i would say while we do incorporate all those things i would say with a fair degree of confidence that the majority of them are just regular people at home passionate about science found boink Probably through SETI at home or something, and through their computer at it, because science, why not?? Eh? So yeah. that's that. And I think we've got a rig of the beak rig of the beak, this rig week. of the beak) <laughs> What kind of beak is it? Is it a duck? Is it a platypus? Uh, is it a bald eagle? Is it a bald- <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, I like throwing computers around. Just accept it. They're very aerodynamic. Rig of the week this week that I think is coming from ugly bag of mostly water with his MLC at home development slash test slash crunch rig here in the chat. It is a Ryzen 3600 with a Vega 56 and 32 gigabytes of ECC RAM. It has got a nice green glow to it, a very sleek case. I kind of want to know what case that is for my next build uh it looks fairly big though um i have the exact same fans for my cpu i think those are not
1: yep Uh, the brown looking ones yep and uh, he's got a nice feature on the top of it he's got a a grammatical inference book
0: (laughs) those two words i know one of them
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you can't infer the other
0: huh no oh i just got that wow (laughs) <laughs> you know what <laughs> um what is what's the bottom chunk of that cpu it looks like is that what the power supply is housed like it looks like in the computer there's this beautiful glass case right and then there's this floor to it and then under the floor it looks like there's something and i can't yeah, that's find usually the power where supply.
1: the power supply is and also the hard drives too often they put in there
0: interesting i've never seen that actually because yeah there's no front to it oh man sleek design.
1: The Borg Cube.
0: Is that the actual name of the case? Oh, you, the said, you said, what I said. <laughs> the NZXT. Huh. Just the light setting.
1: <laughs> That's right, we can call it the Borg Cube.
0: <laughs> well, very nice rig, sir. And congratulations on an MLC at home. Keep it up. Uh, Delta, can we get a uh, drum roll, please?
1: Uh, oh, you're asking a little bit too much for me there. <laughs> All right, I got We're the drum roll. You,
0: you, you, tell us, you tell us what he's won.
1: Respect and honor.
0: Woo! That's a horrible drum roll, too. You should be tearing into me for that one. <laughs>
1: it's the best we can do with push to talk. <laughs> <laughs> However, you did it.
0: I just smacked my fingers against the table really hard. Now I have mic on mic sensitivity. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, awesome. Well, thanks everyone for coming by and chatting with us on this beautiful Friday. We'll see you next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern right here on the Boink Network Discord server where we're talking about something Boink.